when I first awakened, it felt a lot like I was starting to understand how reality like works from an energetic standpoint. But the more like, as I've grown on my journey, I really believe that it's about waking up your authentic self. It's about waking up to who you are beyond condition, the conditioned self, beyond conditioning, beyond the programming you've been fed. And instead it's about learning to recreate yourself. All mystics have a story of how they found their spiritual calling and how they continue to deepen their own spirituality and connection to the universe. Let us hear their stories so that we may be inspired to continue ours. Awakening Stories. Hello, mystics. You're tuning in to Awakening Stories session number four, and this one is going to be excellent. Today, I'm joined by a lovely lady who is already an expert in helping others navigate their spiritual awakening, as well as the aftermath of it, and teaching them how to step into their newly discovered power. She has created an entire online brand called The Awakened State, in which she serves mystics with inspirational videos, free resources, blog posts, group coaching, and plentiful of online courses. She's extremely knowledgeable in all things pertaining to metaphysics and soul growth. Her offers are packed with extremely valuable information. You can learn how to reconnect with your soul, balance your chakras, manifest anything, shift your mindset, manage your personal energy field, and so much more. It's incredible. So please welcome empowerment coach, Ash Aliff. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's so nice to be here. Yes. Thank you. I'm finally excited to talk to you. It's been a long time since I've been following you and I've been really admiring your work for a long time. And I'm really curious to know, is there a specific moment in time where you felt like you kind of just woke up instantly to the spiritual side of life? Absolutely. Um, you know, I have been on this journey since it's been almost 11 years now. And I had my awakening in 2011. And there was a very distinct moment where I was, I experienced energy for the first time. And I feel like that was really one of the most pivotal moments where it was just like, oh my God, this stuff is real. Like, so to do a long story short, basically I had, I was going to this class called energy wisdom. It was really cool. Cause you know, in college, you know, there's not really things like this but it was um, a special class during spring break where you could go and learn about energy and Reiki and how thoughts create reality. And it was just a free little class. And there was literally like six people in the classroom and we were learning about energy and the chakras. And so I started going to this class. And then one day I was about to go to my philosophy class and of all classes. And I was studying in the basement of the college. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this bright blue glowing orb across my vision. And I was like, and it wouldn't go away either. It was just there. And, you know, in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's energy. Like I'm literally seeing energy. It, like it freaked me out at first. I even went and got my eyes checked to make sure I was okay. 
yeah. <laughs> and everything. But what I discovered is, is that I was seeing a manifestation of energy of my consciousness. And from that moment, I really started to question things. And I feel like that was one of the most pivotal moments because it showed me a lot about how it's important to question things and be curious. And as I was, you know, I was just doing this energy class because at the time I was a Wiccan and I was learning how to understand energy. And I had this really hard time like controlling energy. And that's always kind of been one of my story arcs is I had a, I was really hypersensitive, but I noticed that like I had such a hard time with my hypersensitivity. Like I had a hard time managing my energy, controlling my energy. And so that was like something I've been learning from the get-go. So um, basically in that class, I started to learn a lot about the chakras and how cha chakras are connected to psychology. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, when I was in the basement and seeing this glowing orb of light, it was just such a pivotal moment of looking at like, wow, this is actually real. Like, this is real. I'm literally experiencing something. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, it's yeah. funny that you brought up philosophy class in college, because that's kind of was a big moment in my spiritual awakening as well, where I, I started to question things. And um, I didn't have a super cool shocker class in college. That's amazing. Very <laughs> mainstream. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, philosophy classes are they're taught they're teaching you to question things which is what a, an awakening is really all about where your world kind of comes crashing down and everything you ever knew you realize isn't what it is at all and yeah I mean questioning is so important yeah exactly yeah it's interesting how when I had my spiritual awakening it was during like a really specific time period it was November 11th, 2011. Oh, was it now? <laughs> right in that time frame where it was 11, 11, 11 gate. And I had no clue about all of this terminology yet. But I, looking back, it's so bizarre because I didn't know remotely what was going on. And I decided to, when I felt this like pulse of energy and I started, you know, question things. For some reason, I had this really huge urge to message my ex-boyfriend, and I specifically typed to him, do you sense the awakening? And it was just, you know, I'm a very poetic person, so at the time, I probably just thought I was being, like, romantic or something, <laughs> but, like, looking back, it's so bizarre, because, like, how did my subconscious already know? Like, how did I know that it was just, do you sense the awakening? And I'm like, my awakening like it was such a weird moment that like looking back from 10 years it's like wow like we are so powerful absolutely was he kind of a spiritual person too or yeah exactly okay. well, that's the funny thing is he was actually more into like like deeper spiritual stuff like the cult and stuff uh, and okay. so I always felt open to talk to him about things like that but he never thought I was open enough to talk about those things. <laughs> so Maybe not kind cold of specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we're still cool. together to this day, so. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. do you, oh, that's, now I want to know, did you, do you kind of feel like you 
awaken to together or because that's yeah. a really common problem people face where they start to awaken but other people that they love are kind of back here and so mm-hmm. how did that affect your relationship if it's okay for me to ask oh yeah definitely um I feel like he was a major part of my awakening in many ways like I mean we did we did psychedelics together too so that was also a major influence like back and when I was in my 20s and I think there was this moment where it was like we we broke up and then I began to go through an awakening and I began to really work on myself and I worked on healing like my heart chakra and I started learning about energy work and I went through this entire like self-discovery process. I felt like it was very like soul searching Mm -hmm. and through that process we ended up getting back together the more I began to work on my chakras and work on my heart center and like heal, basically, we literally got back together. So he was a huge part of my awakening. That's so beautiful. I love that. And now you have kids now, right? Yeah, we do. We have two kids. So. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I'm always interested in the intersection of our romantic life and our awakenings and how that affects our children. So I'm a mom as well. And my baby's mm-hmm. only eight months old, so she's not quite you know, oh, there yeah. yet, but your kids are slightly older, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, so. Okay, do you feel like they're kind of sensitive to the awakening as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's just so cool because, you know, my kids are growing up knowing that manifestation's real, angels are real, mm-hmm. we can use our chakras, you know, I don't try to, like, push these ideas onto them, but more so, you know, just keep them open And it's interesting, like, especially my son, I noticed he's like really sensitive, like, and you can tell he's very empathetic just by like his demeanor. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because like, you know, when I was growing up, I was really never taught to regulate my emotions. And because of what I know, I've been able to give that gift to my children to really learn that, you know, emotions aren't bad. It's okay to process your emotions. And, you know, I think it's such an interesting shift because a lot of the times there's so much separation between the spiritual self and the physical self. Mm -hmm. And I see this so much in the community, like how we try to separate ourselves from like our real life and our spiritual life. But I've learned that I found the most peace and like acceptance when I began to merge those two components and start to really like you know, bring it back into my family life and learn to like use these tools to help other people or help myself or help my children. And I think, you know, as learning with kids who are spiritually open, I think it's almost so natural to them that it's not even so much their awakening. Like this new generation, I feel like, you know, they're already there. Like it's so peculiar in some ways. It really is amazing. I feel the same way as well. Um, my, I'm not sure if my kid would be the same generation as yours. I'm not sure how long the generation gap is. Yeah. But I definitely feel as though young children right now really are a different breed. You know, they they really are so much more open and they kind of have to be because of the whole ascension of the whole world is going through. You can't come onto this world unless you're already at almost the 5D and because we're leaving 4D yeah. and moving to 5D and if you're not there you can't come here it's not going to work so that's amazing yeah. to think about yeah it's you know I think it's also cool because like one of my coaches said what if we grew up in a world where manifestation was already normal 
like it'd be totally normal to just you know manifest like a parking space or something or it'd just be normal and it's funny because I feel like with my daughter I do that already like so it's kind of funny because a lot of people don't see like these concepts as normal and instead it's like weird and bizarre and mystical but the reality is is it's like with like teaching my children this stuff it's like oh we're gonna manifest today okay mom (laughs) that's amazing yeah that's amazing they're gonna grow up with everything like that knowledge is they don't even understand how invaluable that knowledge is exactly yeah Yeah. that's that's great I love that sort of influence that you have so kind of speaking of that do you have any fun manifesting stories fun manifesting stories oh okay let me think. I know one that always really comes to mind is when my fiance and I were really struggling a lot. Like we were at this point, well, this is when I first discovered manifestation. I think this is probably one of the cool stories is we were first, we were really struggling. Like I was on maternity leave. He just lost his job. We just had a baby. And we were really, really struggling. And we were at this point where we had to make a choice because we were reaching this head with my parents and like, cause we lived with them. And like, it was like, we were constantly butting heads. There was so much friction. I'm like, I need a way out. I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know anything about how I can do this but I know I need a way out. And then I started reading this book called The Magic by um, the same lady who wrote The Secret. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And so she, in the book, it talks a lot about the power of gratitude and Mm -hmm. how when you focus on what you actually desire and continuously focus on that, you start to manifest it. And so at the time, we were like struggling to move out on our own and get an apartment. And I had no clue how we could afford it. I had no clue how it would happen. I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. But at the same time, like my parents were like yelling at us and like, there was just so much friction in the household that it was like, we were eating on like two separate schedules, like that we couldn't eat with them because they have special diets. Mm -hmm. So we, everything was like separated. Like it was time to leave. And they're just reached this moment. Can I say the F word? Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> fine. Was like, fuck this shit. We have to go. And in that moment, I made this decision that was so crystal clear. We left within a month. Oh, wow. Really? And I, yeah, I mean, I went from ground zero to quantum leaping out of that place. And I think it's so weird because I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I just was writing these gratitude statements about like, I'm grateful we find an apartment that's amazing, affordable, and we easily save the money and it all just falls into place. And it literally started to happen because I was laser focused on it. And it happened in such a way where it could have only been magnetism because there was no way that I could even remotely conceptualize how to get out of there because we both didn't even have a job at the time. So it was like completely like 
what do we even do? We're like so in the dirt right now. Well, how do we even get started? And then it's like eventually, you know, he ended up manifesting a job. Then we started saving and then we started saving so rapidly that we were able to finally find a place. And then and what's so weird is like the rent was like something you wouldn't even hear. It was a special discount for like five. Five ninety a month. Wow, that's super and the cheap. The place was really nice. Yeah. And this was like before I even knew remotely, like even how manifestation really works. And it was in those moments where I'm like, wow, I'm like really powerful. Like, how was I able to even do this? And then so that's when I started going back and starting to learn about like how do you manifest? What is like the real process? And like because I don't feel like it was this moment of like, I was like hustling and taking action and all this stuff. It was all of a sudden, like the right ideas suddenly came, the right, the right people started to show up. People started being like, hey, did you check out that place yet? Hey, did you do this yet? And it was just like before we were lost and confused mm -hmm. and we didn't even know where to turn. And then all of a sudden it was just like the floodgates opened the moment I made that decision. And I think that's such a critical piece in manifestation is you have to be in the energy of absolute. If you're mm -hmm. not in the energy of absolute, like it, it just won't happen. Right. And you talk about this a lot on your channel and in your, in your programs. So I know you're really good at manifesting and you've, you've mastered yeah. the secret. Yeah. It's, and that's so true. You, that must've been a really pivotal moment in your awakening process to get you where you are today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's really what inspired me to become so passionate about studying manifestation and teaching it. Like, it, it's so funny. Cause I, you know, I never really like just reflect on it like this, but yeah, that is true. Definitely. Well, I'm glad you said that because that is the whole goal of this series <laughs> is to kind of reflect because I think that reflection is so powerful. Um, not necessarily specifically with manifesting, but with growing and soul growth and connecting with yourself. If you're able to go look back and be like, wow, that was that pivotal moment. The fact that I saw my consciousness as a blue orb in the library really did change my life for the better. And yeah, wow. it, it's amazing. And we don't often allow ourselves the opportunity to reflect like that, not because we don't want to, but it just doesn't, it just, we just move on with life. You know, we learn yeah. a lesson kind of, or it repeats and we kind of learn it, whatever. And we just kind of keep going. So yeah, I'm glad you're able to have that opportunity to reflect a little bit. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, kind of going off of that a little bit, um, you have a lot of experience in a lot of different metaphysical type arts where did you learn all these things? Like, how did you learn to become the empowerment coach that you are? Well, I've done a lot of self-education and a lot of it's personal experience, like a lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've learned from a bunch of different teachers that are more like spiritual entrepreneurs. Um, mm. I learned a lot from this beautiful woman called Katrina Roof. She's incredible. She's more so a business coach, but she teaches on a lot of meta metaphysical topics. And I've learned so much from her about like quantum manifestation mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But a lot of the things that I learned, especially in the beginning is from trial and error, like a lot of personal experience, a lot of just um, doing my own inner work and channeling. And I'm very much an intuitive channeler. So I talk to higher self a lot and 
I get a lot of visions and knowledge and inspiration from that space. And that's how I learn like a lot. So for me, it's like a, a daily spiritual practice to open up my journal and talk to higher self, receive guidance and almost tap into this form of what I like to call quantum intelligence, mm -hmm. where you're tuning into the universe and you're learning like these downloads of information and knowledge and wisdom that wouldn't necessarily be found in a book or even a course. Instead, what I've been doing is I start to apply that information to my life. And so a big piece of what I've learned is to take everything that I've been absorbing and then to start like tweaking it and applying it back to my life. I'm really like analytical, which is funny because I'm a Pisces. So normally oh. you think I'd be like really spiritual and aloof, but right. But I'm super analytical. So I like to be almost like an energy scientist and do like a lot of trial and error. How can I prove this to myself today? How can I do this? How can I do that? And so that's really a lot of where it came from. Wow. That should be your new title. Empowerment coach, energy scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> Put on your business cards. That's amazing. That's yeah. yeah Self-education is another thing that's really important. And I feel as though a lot of people who experience the type of awakening that you did where it was like an instant moment where they're suddenly like, I need to learn everything. I need to go to the doctor, of course, like you did. Um, but also mm -hmm. just, I need to understand what's happening. So they just kind yeah. of dive into all this information. And yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, it's interesting. I have always been like a deep reader and a passionate like writer, but I think since awakening, like it became like, I'm just like, hungry for information mm -hmm. and I think that's a big reason why the awakened state was even created is I wanted to share everything I've been learning and it became almost this like hub of information where I started to share my personal experiences and then all of the research I've gathered and then it originally was going to be a book like the website was originally supposed to be a book but then I just, I decided, I'm like, I have too much to share that it cannot be a book. <laughs> <laughs> it became a website. And because originally I was on Tumblr, I don't know if I mentioned that. I was just like a little Tumblr, a little tiny Tumblr blog with like, like 17, 20 followers. Hey, that's a <laughs> lot. That's like, something. <laughs> right. And I was just like sharing blogs of like my experiences. And then it like kind of blew up. And it became this Q&A blog where everyone like started talking to me about like, how can you help me with this? How can you help me with that? And I would just be insane. Like I would just write and write and write and I'd be responding to like 50 people a day. It would be, it was insane. And there reached a point where I started to develop the website. And from that point, it just became clear to me that it was like, I have to keep sharing this information. Like it's just so powerful. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So then I can see how the universe kind of directed you towards coaching people because it's, it seemed like that was such a natural next step because you already were doing that and you're like, oh, I can make a whole career out of this because what I have to yeah, say exactly. is valuable. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. That's amazing. I totally can relate to the website kind of being born of your own self-learning path because that's similar to how why I wanted to start doing that because I also love to write and that's kind of my life calling and I had so much in my brain I was like this needs to go somewhere I need to find a place <laughs> for this to go <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I think you know I was just musing on this the other day is I feel like as 
people awaken like we are born to create like mm. and i think when we have that spiritual awakening happen like we are naturally wanting to create like we're wanting to create a new world we're wanting to create new paradigms we're wanting to do things differently we're like at our core we're innovators we really want to do things in a new way and so that means like we want to keep like purging content we want to keep revealing like truth in no matter what form that takes, we want to keep doing it as we're like a natural co-creator. Absolutely. I totally agree. And people don't even realize that they are co-creating, whether for better or for yeah. worse, but they are. I mean, that's just the thing that we do as humans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I would like to ask you, what does a spiritual awakening mean to you? Like, how do you diagnose it and how does that pertain to the work that you do like what how would you define a spiritual awakening oh okay this is a big one <laughs> it is it absolutely so, is I, would say, I think my definition has really like changed over time sorry no you're good so I think it's really interesting how when I was first on this journey it was really about this like evolution of self and how we can understand that, you know, reality is like an onion. And the more you awaken, you start to reveal like the core essence of who you are, basically. Like you start to reveal your authentic self. So I feel like in the early days, awakening as a whole just kind of meant becoming aware and becoming aware of your reality, becoming aware of, you know, multiple realities, like how the world is operating, how to understand, you know, the energetics of reality. So it's kind of like when I first awakened, it felt a lot like I was starting to understand how reality like works from an energetic standpoint. But the more like as I've grown on my journey, I really believe that it's about waking up your authentic self. It's about waking up to who you are beyond condition, the conditioned self, beyond mm -hmm. conditioning, beyond the programming you've been fed. And instead, it's about learning to recreate yourself. And awakening as a whole is about realizing that, you know, reality is like this onion. And as we peel back these layers of like false truth or um, false perception, what I like to call it's inauthentic vibration. So that inauthentic vibration that we've been fed since children, we start to realize that there's underneath all that, there's the true you. There's the person that inside of you who is the authentic self, like what you actually desire, what you actually dream of, what you truly want in life, who you actually are beyond like, you know, for instance, growing up, I was always taught that I was the shy girl. And I was the shy girl who, you know, my mom always decided things for me and she always made decisions for me. But that became this persona I took on. However, it's just a persona. So beyond the persona of being shy, I actually discovered, actually, I'm pretty good at speaking when I, when I, when I get into a flow, you can't shut me up. So it's like, we take on these personas into our identity and we make this into false truth. And it becomes a part of us. And what we begin to see is we can change the truth of who we are into 
authentic truth of who we are. So it's like we latch on to these ideas through external influence, you know, like this is cool and this is how you define happiness and this is how you define success and this is how you define wealth. But the reality is, is that's just one idea we're latching onto. What is our defined authentic truth of who we are? And so I feel like awakening as a whole is about awakening up to your authentic self. It's waking up to what is beyond the conditioning, what is beyond all of that gunk you've been fed, what is beyond all of that is the rising into your higher self, your higher truth, your higher potentiality. And then it's learning to embody that higher self and merge it into the physical reality. So a lot of people only talk about Kundalini ascension which is like the healing channel. But the reality is, is we're also working with Kundalini descension, which is the manifestation channel, which means we're embodying that energy and we're bringing it back into our physical life. Well, in practical terms, what does that mean? That means we're creating our highest potentiality by revealing our higher self. So in our higher self is our authentic self. So for me, spiritual awakening is about waking up to who you are but it's also about waking up to your authentic truth that lives inside of you beyond the conditioning you've been fed. That's beautiful and very powerful. I have to sit with that for a minute. (laughs) That's a topic that is so big, but it's so important. But I I think intuitively everyone knows that we wear masks and that we have personas Mm -hmm. and and people willingly acknowledge this. And it kind of is up to you whether or not you want to take off that mask or peel back those layers. And a lot of people choose not to, and it's unfortunate, but those that do, they're the catalyst. They're the ones that change. They're the ones that set the example. They're the ones that have 400 people show up to their funerals because of the impact that they made on other people. And yeah, it's really a beautiful gift to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I didn't mean to take it dark. I like that sometimes. So, <laughs> um, so in your own personal spiritual practice, how do you kind of integrate everything that you teach and your emotional energetic work in alignment into your own spirituality today? Like, how do you integrate that? How do I integrate? Like, how do I apply it back to my yeah. life? Yeah. Or, oh, I do that all the time. I know you do. I want to know what you do. <laughs> Um, I mean, in relationship to what, like energy work, manifestation work? I yeah. Mean, yeah. I guess I'm kind of curious is how do you, how do you do what you preach? Cause some people, you know, they say, oh, this is how you meditate, but they don't actually meditate themselves. So this is how you align yourself energetically. This is how you have a Kundalini awakening, but then they yeah. just, they don't do that themselves. So how do you do the work that you preach in your own life? Um, I would say for me, it's a lot about habits. I am a huge believer about habits. And for me, that involves like my journaling practice. Like I do a lot of mindset work with my journaling and I show up to it every single day without fail. And even if like, I can't do it in the morning, I find time in the evening. And it's just kind of been this habitual habit to kind of work on my mindset with my journaling practice. So for me, I don't always find like meditation to be as helpful as digging into my mind. And I think that's maybe it's just my demeanor as a writer or it's just the way I've just been raised. 
in how I see the world, but I'm very analytical, like I mentioned. So for me, writing is kind of like my space where I can just really tap into like quantum intelligence and learning from this lens of doing so over the years, I've learned that the hugest, the hugest tool we can give ourselves is to tap into our mindset to program what we desire to experience in our life. And then naturally as a default to that, we take the action we need to take because our mindset is the core foundation that is creating those steps. So if you think about it like this, like the being pulls into the doing. So if the being is off center and the being is kind of like all over the place and you're focused more on what you don't want, you're actually really being of disservice to yourself because your foundation is really like muddled and not very solid. So I believe that one of the core pieces to any practice is really making sure your energetic foundation is solid and making sure that, you know, you're feeding your mind with what you want to accomplish. So for me, a lot of practicing what I preach is really about making sure my mindset is on correctly. Mm -hmm. So I can show up the way I need to show up. So then I am naturally pulled into the actions habitually to serve, to do what I need to do, to be a good mom, to have my cup full, so to speak. Yeah. Like I tell my daughter it's we're filling our love cup. So when mommy's in here doing her thing, it means <laughs> she's filling her love cup <laughs> because that's what it is. It's like, I'm filling my mind with what I need, what I need to really like be a human today. Like for me, that is one of the most critical things because if your energetic foundation isn't in place, like no wonder we just fly from phones to just going all crazy in our minds with like what we need to do and where we need to go. And then we feel overwhelmed and then we're stressed out and then we're all over the place. It's because we're not tuned in. Mm -hmm. So I believe like the real foundation is dropping into soul, like dropping into higher self, like without fail. So I feel like in terms of applying that, it comes back to making sure you get up and take action, like making sure that you don't just get lost in journaling because I can get, I can get really guilty about this. This is yes. like totally my like, <laughs> my zone where I'm still working on this. Okay. I am not perfect. Oh, of course. But, yeah. But when you fall into that trap, you really have to allow yourself to drop into the body. And so for me, that can look like a yoga practice that can look like making sure I do house chores or move around my house. So I'm really getting into my beingness. So I can't do that with meditation. For mm -hmm. me, that just takes me out in outer space. You know, like for me, that doesn't always work because mm -hmm. I need to be anchored into my body. So I prefer more movement practices. I feel like movement practices really help me kind of be in the flow more. I really relate to that. Like sitting meditation can be really challenging, mm -hmm. uh, but a moving meditation works so much better for me. And of course, like you mentioned, trial and error is a huge part of it, figuring out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what I like to always say is, you want to use meditation when you feel like the world is too much, when you feel like you need to recharge, 
Like when you feel mentally spent, then meditation's great. It's perfect. But you know, we can only do so much recharging of our batteries before we like drop into flow. Like, so I believe that sometimes it's really powerful, but meditation is more for mental recharge and movement is for alignment. I really mm. believe that. Put that on a t-shirt and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Great advice. I know that's something, a, a question that I get asked a lot is, okay, all this information is fantastic, but what do I do with this information? What do I, how do I actually, like you've mentioned, go into the flow or drop into alignment or how do I apply this to my life? So I always like to hear what yeah. people actually are doing in their spiritual yeah. practices. I think it's really useful. And yeah, I'm also really nosy, so I like to know about your life, so. <laughs> I think it really just comes back to habits. Like if I were to just, if someone randomly asked me this, I think I would just say it comes back to habits. Like create habits like that's really the key like because I feel like everyone there's this thing called spiritual overwhelm and it mm -hmm. really exists like spiritual burnout exists and it's because we have an overactive third eye and so that overactive third eye is like overcompensating energy in the higher chakras and that needs to be channeled back into the physical so if it's not being channeled back into the physical it has nowhere to travel and so that's why we have all of this spiritual overwhelm and we feel like almost overly hypersensitive is because we're not grounding out that energy. Mm -hmm. That's so true. A lot of people struggle with that as well. Yeah. It's like one of the hugest things, like it's so common, like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Cause people think that in order to be spiritual, you're up here, you're very yeah. third eye, like you said, crown chakra, um, very much higher self connecting with spirit. That's all very high vibe but we always forget that we're humans and we're meant to be grounded and we're here in this earthly life. We're not angels yet. We're not on the other side. So we need to be in our bodies and be grounded in order to really live this life that we came here to live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a one last question I would like to ask you and is okay. what is something that you would tell your younger self about spirituality and your spiritual awakening if you could oh that's easy is it yeah question your resistance okay. every time yeah. question your resistance question you know why it's showing up question why all of a sudden you're angry and upset question why the negativity is showing up because it's always showing up for a reason and the more we understand why it's showing up, then we can heal it and we can heal it faster. So I think there's a huge misconception about, you know, this high vibe only positive, positive vibe community. And I feel like I really drank the Kool-Aid a lot. Right. <laughs> I totally drank the new age Kool-Aid. And I think that's the hugest thing I would say to my younger self is start questioning that resistance. Oh. Like why, why is the ego revving up right now? Cause it's showing you something. And are you willing to go there? Because the journey is always about transcending the shadow. And so the more we ignore the shadow, the stronger it becomes, the less power we give it, the easier it becomes to overcome it. And I think, you know, there was so many times where I would let like my hypersensitivity get to me. 
that I think there was these moments where I really just needed to stop and listen to what my body was trying to tell me and realize that it was more so about not beating myself up for having emotions and instead learning to accept those emotions and move through them. So when we question the resistance, we're able to move through the energy easier. Wow. Another great quote, <laughs> the <laughs> transcending the shadow. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you've mentioned the toxic positivity, like, oh, you feel bad. It, turn your frown upside down. That is so damaging. And to some yeah. extent, it does help a little bit at first. You know, if yeah. you're really stuck in a really negative place, it does help to focus on the good things. But at some point, you have to address that shadow and you have to exactly. figure out why you're resisting things in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I used to have like a lot of anger and, um, a lot of it was just due to my childhood and, um, having a controlling mom. <laughs> and as I, you know, I got older and I had kids of my own, like there was a lot of moments where I really learned to just like, my kids taught me a lot how to regulate my emotions because, you know, there just reaches this moment where I felt like it's so easy to beat yourself up. Like it's so easy to beat yourself up for having like a negative emotion. And then there's this message in like the spiritual community that we can't feel negative. Like, Oh my God, that person's angry today. What do I need to do to get high vibe? Oh no. And when we, when we come out this place from such a toxic lens of my emotions dictate my manifestation. My emotions dictate how I'm a spiritual person. My emotions dictate who I am. All of this is so damaging. When we look at it like that, like we're being of such disservice to who we are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's this huge like misconception that is really like, it's just so much dogma where we think that the, how our emotions are is bad. And this, it's like this polarizing thing going on where we're making our emotions bad in terms of our spirituality. And it's just so of disservice to ourselves. Really and is. I feel like I totally fell into that trap, especially. And then I learned that one person said to me, and I'm like, well, what do I do when I'm trying to manifest and I get angry? I feel like I'm totally messing this up. I don't know what to do. I, I have anger. I don't know what to do. And this person is just like, well, I just sit in the anger. And I'm like, that's it? <laughs> it really is that simple. <laughs> and, and then I kept trying it. And I'm just like, oh, this is how it feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. And then, and then I moved through it. And, you know, one thing it's just so powerful to realize is like emotions are fluid, like emotions are like in movement. So the more we move with our emotions, like channeling that emotion into something, like it's so much easier to manage and understand because we're no longer like allowing that emotion to dictate who we are. And instead we're channeling and moving through that emotion. And I think I found that so peaceful. 
I, I don't even know where we started talking, but, <laughs> but uh, questioning the resistance. <laughs> oh yeah, resistance. Yes. And the hugest thing I think I'm trying to say here is emotions, do not let your emotions govern your manifestations. Do not let your emotions govern who you are as your spiritual identity because it doesn't matter because you're a human. Like every time you do that, you're you're being of disservice to your humanity. Like you're never not gonna wake up one day and not be a human. Like right. Like it's so like it's just so weird. Like when you really look at it from that lens, like I think it's just so powerful to realize that emotions are normal. And when we move through those emotions, it becomes so much easier to question the resistance, understand that energy, and then move through. Absolutely. Whereas what's people, what is happening is people are romanticizing the shadow. We're overextending that energy. We're making it so much bigger in our minds. We're giving it so much weight in like, energy in who we are and then we're allowing that to dictate our choices mm -hmm. so i guess the reason why i say question your resistance is because when you question something you start giving away its power and so it no longer has its power over you and when we do that with our emotions and our negativity it becomes so much easier to manage our energy mm -hmm. Very, very well put. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so before we wrap up, would you like to share something amazing that you have offered right now or your website or where can we find you online? Okay. Um, well, right now I'm at the awakenstate.net. That's usually like my nexus place. And I'm on YouTube at the Awaken State. Um, I'm also on Instagram at awakenstate777 and Facebook. And the main thing that I've been really working towards, and this is starting to come out in the fall, is the Soul Aligned Manifesting Circle. And this is where I combine the best of my teachings. We combined energy work and manifestation work together. And so I teach a lot about magnetism and how magnetism plays a role in the chakras and how it plays a role in how the chakras help us manifest. So the Soul Line Manifesting Circle is my signature program, and it's going to be launching pretty soon. I'm probably thinking about November, and basically it goes into a huge process of how we can learn to manifest consistently, habitually, and sustainably. So I teach a lot about reprogramming, transcending the shadow, mind-body healing work, and it's literally like my core central program. I'm very excited to launch it again. Well, that's exciting. Well, I can't wait to hear more about it when it comes up lunchtime here very soon. So yeah, thank you so much for being here today. That was so amazing and inspiring and so many nuggets of wisdom. I have no doubt that your paid information is 10 times more amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. This was honestly so fun. Oh, thank you, Ash.